It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This week, the transfer window slams shut. The King of Glasgow abdicates the crown to become the King of Leon. The Europa League draw brings some interesting ties, but will Red Bull give us wins? Stevie G suffers his first slip as Huns Gaffer in front of his 800 raging gamins. All this and more on the latest episode of 20 Minute Times. Hello and welcome to episode 148 of 20 Minute Tims. My name is Jamie and I am joined, as I am every week, with Melly. Positive Percy tonight. Positive Percy and Stephen. Hola, oh, I oh, have oh, returned. Oh, did you pick up a wee bit of Spanish on <laughs> yes. holiday? I know you. See, see, see. I know you like to spend a lot of time overseas. See, see, mucho. <laughs> with the Spanish and the hair, with the lack of beard, <laughs> sitting like Pep Guardiola. <laughs> I know. I, I have returned. I, I've been away for a bit. And who the, who exactly does this Gilly guy think he is? 
Um, well, we, we we just needed another bald guy, as as Gilly said. So we... no, no, thanks, thanks to Gilly for that. That was a replacement that came very much with my endorsement. Uh, he's the history boys guy, good football player as well. Yes. Good is he? Fans. Yeah, I, I am not. Lend your podcast a bit of gravitas if you when get, get somebody that can actually a bit of a baller. <laughs> hey, speaking of history boys, actually, I was in Madrid for a bit, and Tony from the History Boys had furnished me with a. Fairly extensive. It's a dossier. Uh, a dossier <laughs> on a, stuff to do in Madrid because that's that's the neck of the woods he lives in. So cheers for that as well. A thoroughly ruddy, bloody good podcast. I'm a I'm, podcast You friends. know me. I'm pretty. I'm pretty well travelled. Uh, I don't know if you I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but it's really nice drink they do in Spain called sangria. Did you, <laughs> right. Did you try any? No, familiar with it. Yeah. Uh, did you have those potato croquettes with the ham <laughs> in the middle? Oh yes. Oh, you were, you went full Spanish. You went full Spanish. Speaking of Madrid, uh, you know I like to do. One or two football things while I'm away in these places, and I happen to pop by the home of a little known outfit. Keep an eye on them in the years to come, or on the way up Real Madrid. Ah. Uh, I did their their stadium tour. Tin pot, mate. Is it? <laughs> is it the Crumble Dome? Is it? <laughs> no, incredibly impressive. And every time I go to these things, I can't help but being really nervous about Celtic. Like, see, now they've got all these grand plans for museums and hotels yeah. and all that. I keep thinking oh you better get this right because these things are absolutely amazing well if Peter Law was in charge of it just like he was in charge of the transfer window it won't be right <laughs> anyway I can hear the listeners and what the listeners are saying is oh, talk about the Huns again get on with it yeah get right on with it so we shall pump them <laughs> <laughs> absolutely pump them and that was a, a thoroughly enjoyable afternoon I, very much so hate to say I told you so but I told you so I told you we'd pump them there was no chance they were ever going to win that we are we were, and we still are, Melly, a class above. Like Stevie G said, class above Aberdeen, but we're a class above them. A beautiful Sunday had by all. All, <laughs> all my favourite things. A good bevy, a good hun scalping, a good sing song. Lovely, <laughs> lovely. Stephen? Oh yeah, it was it was great. Um, speaking of sing songs, that, that's some of the most fun I've had in a stadium in my life. Oh. See, we'll get through all this, obviously, but just even the end... Well, <laughs> the they, they couldn't leave yeah, they couldn't leave brilliant. the stadium until we left and then everyone realised this all the Celtic fans realised oh wait they can't leave until we get out of here first and they eventually had to announce it over the address system can all the Celtic fans start to leave please <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just a hilarious it was, it was funny seeing them all crammed in the corner like I've not seen that much gammon since the last time I was in Costco <laughs> <laughs> and, and i tell you what the, the police get a bad rap for how they run the Scottish game but I tell you, we must have some of the strongest officers in the world because four of those police officers held back about 800. Yeah. They were like, oh, we're pure raging, we want to pure get them. Campbell, come on down, Billy, Mason, we're all going to get Lee Griffiths. And four guys managed to hold back 800 of them. Did you see incredible. the one guy with his leg up on the... He had his leg up as, as Lee Griffiths. He put his leg on the barriers of, oh, I'm really going to do this. You'll do nothing. Let's talk about the actual game. Let's talk about the football. Let's talk about the lineup. Exactly the same lineup as beat them 5 0 hmm. in April. So, I mean, we didn't really have much to choose from, did we? That is the thing. The lineup sort of picked itself. And that can be taken one of two ways. It can, yes, it can be a sign of consistency, but it can also be a sign of, right, there isn't really an awful lot there. 
that was really the only 11 Celtic could have picked for this this big occasion. I don't really like going into a games when there's no argument at all over the lineup. Yeah. There, there's not even a debate to be had. Maybe over Griffiths, who was unlucky to lose his place after after scoring in the previous game. But other than that, you're just like, no, that that's the 11 you must pick. I was perfectly happy with the lineup. No surprises at all. Uh, I think it leaked once again. Yes. The previous uh, uh, it seems to always leak. Yeah. They've all been there, all done that, all got the treble, knew what they had to do, scudded them 5-0 last time. It was pretty much as dominant as that game, bar the scoring. Absolutely, and I remember, in a way, this sums it up because I actually was trying to think earlier on, just before we turned the mics on, when I said this. But it, it says a lot that all the hun pumpings we've done in the last two or three years have all sort of blended into one. I can't pick one one from the other. <laughs> yeah. But I remember saying on this podcast that just an easy run of the mill one or two nil victory is every bit as much satisfying as like a five or six nil five and six nil is great fun obviously but see to just absolutely shunt them aside one nil it's it's incredibly satisfying as well still only three points Melly. three points for a one nil three points for a six nil the best three points you'll get all season (laughs) lovely day that was just even though it was only one nil that was as dominant a performance as any five nil game probably more so you know, once again, Alan McGregor was their man of the match. Um, oh, yeah. Aye. Aye, uh, we uh, scalped the bar four times at the bar once or something. You know, if it wasn't for the woodwork, that would have been an R5 or 6. And McGregor, who, in fairness, was absolutely brilliant. I mean, McGregor, McGregor's a great keeper. He always was. He was he's a cracking keeper and he's by far their best signing. Aye, but what's going on with his hair? He has dyed it ginger. <laughs> and as Melly, for that, mate, as Melly knows, nobody chooses to have ginger hair. <laughs> yeah. um, and McGregor was, was great. And you know how... Like when Rangers players of the past, I, I sometimes like to link them to my favourite news story mm. about that character. I tweeted this yesterday and it has gone down a storm, but do you remember the story from about 2010 where he and that monster of a fiancé had, remember? I'd, Leah Shevlin? That's the one. Reported to the police that Alan McGregor had been assaulted by Celtic fans in Bath Street and she got home to find him unconscious on his doorstep, having been battered, just attacked by Celtic fans. However, it turned out that they both were done for wasting police time after it turned out that she had basically taken a shoe to him <laughs> on CCTV outside their front door. That is that's a really good Al McGregor Leah Shevlin story. My other favourite Al McGregor Leah Shevlin story is when she found out he cheated on her, she put all his stuff up on eBay for sale. <laughs> and I tried to buy some of it. <laughs> It seems a lot of work though. Yeah, the, the, the I guess eBay's thing, a pain in the ass. Yeah, yeah, the traditional thing would be to chuck it all at the window, yeah. but to sit there and enter it all in one by one, just submit. Chuck submit it out time. on a park circus. <laughs> what did you make of the hunt tactics, Melee, overall? Well, in the 85 minutes of the game I seen, because I was locked out for the first five minutes in right. that absolute chaotic scenes, it was pathetic. It just seemed as if it was our back, sort of free, Tierney pushed on, but our back three just just inside our half and everybody else in their half just sat back as we thought Lafferty went to Lustig first yeah. and they just yeah. tried the diagonal that didn't work Lustig won at all they tried they moved Lafferty inside a bit but the, that was why it was so good so funny so dominant because there was not one point in the game where I ever thought they would score 
There wasn't a chance. There wasn't a time where I ever thought they'd score. Anybody can do what Rangers done, Stephen. Like literally, everyone does. Hamilton, everybody can do those tactics. It was clear that they were trying to do. As Melly said, they put Lafferty out to try and bully Lustig, which makes sense. Personally, I I expected to see Kent out there, but instead they put Kent on Tierney's side to try and keep up with him. Kent would have provided a different threat because he's quite quick and tricky, but they didn't bother doing that. They decided to be a blunt object and yeah. just stick Lafferty well, on him. And that's that's naivety on his part, yeah. because you know, for all of Lustig's flaws, the main one is he's not very mobile, but he's still an experienced international defender. Yeah. So to go and put and Kyle Lafferty is not mobile either. No. So to put Kyle to put your least mobile centre forward teamed up with the most experienced least mobile. Defender didn't make any sense. No, like you none. said, they should yeah. have tried and done him for pace, like yeah. like everyone else does. Like everybody else did. The AK and Rosenberg mm. beat him on the outside and got the ball in. Lafferty's never going to do that. It was embarrassing, and they just seem to be focused on shutting down the space between McGregor and Rogic because McGregor kept coming inside, mm. and that just left Scott Brown and Encham all the space in the world to absolutely dictate the game from start to finish. Cham was on another level. Scott Brown was brilliant. That wee drag back and yeah. flick he did at the start, and you just knew Celtic's intensity, tempo, and pressing right from the start is sometimes lacking in the regular league games. But from start to finish in this game, they didn't give Rangers a second, and we're the first team to do that to the misses, and they couldn't handle it at all. So many loose passes from the defence out, so many they times did they not, caught them they in the They didn't string three passes together no, the no. whole afternoon. Their midfield. They didn't engage in midfield at all, and that, that that's what Melly's saying there. I mean, Cham was just allowed to boss the game from start to finish. I don't know what their midfield was supposed to be doing. Ejaria looks like a sort of tidy footballer, I suppose, but he, he didn't get to grips with that at all and was badly at fault eventually for the goal. Arfield just stood there, static, like a wardrobe with eyes yeah. in, in the middle <laughs> of the midfield. He was, he was terrible. Ryan Jack, I, I don't know, he had probably the best chance maybe of the first half where Rogic tried a kind of weird back heel to Brown who wasn't expecting it and, and Jack just levelled it over the bar for about 20 yards but that, but that was it midfield didn't engage at all Lafferty yeah it, it was clear from the offset Tavernier or Tavernier I'll probably drift I, I need, we need to call him and ask him what his Tav, name is um, launched two terrible balls towards him and that was it the cards were on the table oh, yeah. oh right that, that's it you've shown your tactic already because yeah. he launched two really woeful balls up towards Lustig and see, in, fair, in fairness to Lustig, Lafferty didn't get much out of him at all. No, he, he, he is the bigger, the, the bigger guy, Lafferty. <laughs> always kind of amuses me when people say, oh, you need to put Lustig in there for his physicality. I know he's about six foot three, but he looks like he's made of golf clubs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's about eight stone. But, but he did absolutely fine against Lafferty. Lafferty won a couple of tame headers, but that was because Lustig had done enough. Yeah. for him not to, yeah. to get any purchase I mean, we, we coped with everything. I was going to say we coped with everything Rangers threw at us, but Rangers, Rangers' tactics were, like I said, naive. They were ill-thought out. They didn't come to play any football. Rangers' tactics were poor. It was evident from the start, but ours were spot on. Yes. Pressing, intensity, don't let him have a second in the ball. Couldn't handle it. And everybody can say, oh, Rangers' tactics were poor. We were just far superior on every single aspect. Yeah. Even our defence, Boyata won everything. Lustig won most of his ayer, won everything. Right throughout the team, there wasn't one player I could single out or say, mm, didn't have a great game. Everybody did their job down to a tee and it worked. Celtic, are, Celtic are a quality product, Stephen. 
We are a, a quality yeah. product compared to every other team of this league, including that lot. That lot, I, I definitely. I mean, Gerard. I just one more thing on on their tactics. But Gerard, in his latter career, he worked under two influential managers. One was Rogers, mm. and one was Rafa Benitez. Two very different managers tactically. Benitez being the more sort of defensively minded. And, right. and more sort of solid, more pragmatic than Rogers. Rogers was often cr- criticised for not knowing another gear from all out attack at Liverpool. Mm-hmm. So he's, it's clear that he's taken most of his lead from okay. Benitez instead of Rogers because it's very, there's nothing wrong with that mm-hmm. because Benitez was a very successful manager, more so at Liverpool than Rogers, arguably. But does that win your leagues? Does that win you games against the best team in the league? I, I'm, I'm not convinced. It will maybe do. It will get you past these. These European sort of also runs, which they have done, yeah. it will do that, but it's it's not going to get you far at Celtic Park, no chance. I wouldn't say his tactics were were poor, because I was sitting in the the curve of the the Jockstein stand, quite quite near the front. And it was quite cloudy over Glasgow, and I could swear that I looked up and the clouds actually parted at one oh, point, right. and the ghost of Walter Smith <laughs> peered down and smiled and smiled at the negative tactics, and Stephen Gerrard looked up and said. How am I doing, boss? <laughs> How am I doing, Gavin? <laughs> <laughs> it's an absolute throwback to Walter Smith, wasn't it? It was just oh, hope God. to hit us in the sucker, get the sucker punch. And the one time they came out, they got what they deserved. We hit them with a sucker punch. That was a, that was an absolutely sensational goal from our point of view. It was up, it was coming the whole game. I, I just I, like I just didn't see anything other than a win for us all week. I didn't see anything other than a win for us, and. I didn't, I just knew the goal was coming, but to get them on the counter attack, like you say, it's just a wee a wee bit sweet, just a wee bit sweeter. Um, I got to admit, when James Forrest decided not to take the shot on and pass the ball, I did have a mm. mild heart attack. But that was a sensational pass for a jam. From my angle, I actually thought, and Cham had kind of scuffed it. Mm. It's kind of scuffed it and almost missed. But see, when you see replays back, it was actually a great finish because McGregor once again, in fairness to him, was almost getting across to that yeah. so he put it in the only place he could to get it away from the keeper so he stuck it away well but uh, it was it was a, a really lovely goal made even sweeter by the fact it was a wee bit of a foul yes, and- <laughs> yes. Aye. we can get to that we can get to that um, and the, the Celtics dominance was played out in the in the stats for all those who still believe Stephen Gerrard that was who said it was quite a close game, I believe. Um, 14 corners to their four, 16 shots to their six. I think the first half finished with 75% possession at Celtic. I heard another stat that I've desperately tried to back up, but I can't. Um, that Cham completed more passes than the entire Rangers team combined in that game. I, it, now, it sounds like something that might be true. I just couldn't back it up. I couldn't find it. I'm sure some stat body will tweet it to us. It actually felt like more corners at the game. It felt it like yeah. constant corners at one point. I'm surprised. It's good if we could get a, a good delivery on one and get someone's well, head on their back. Yeah. Well, we had to keep rotating between them even where we got a corner straight after each other. Chams were so bad, as you said to me, oh, you take this one, see Aye. if you can do it. Then he didn't get it in. It was... Did you see the one nobody turned up for? There was a corner that nobody went across to take. Eventually, yeah. someone had to kind of wander across. All right, I suppose I'll do it. Lee Griffith shoots the corners, by the way, so just keep your eyes peeled for that. <laughs> the um, old Stokesy. Uh, the old Stokesy. The old Stokesy. When the goal came, you're thinking, it's coming, because it was chance after chance. James Forrest, that screamer that hit the yes. bar. Edward, that back post header. He's got to be finishing that. Mm, he could yeah. even take yeah, it down yeah. in his chest. We had a... And Cham with a save from McGregor it tips onto the bar. We hit the post and you're just I never ever thought, Oh, it's gonna be one of those days because I was looking at the clock and it's like it's only fifty five minutes and look at these chances, yeah. it's coming. That's exactly it's coming. how I feel. You just feel it and when it 
did come. It wasn't even a, a relief. It was just a, yes, I mean, that, that was coming. <laughs> yeah. That one second you celebrate, then you remember, shit, and you get it right up them, so you turn that way and go back <laughs> and celebrate. It's absolutely brilliant. It was one of the best goalkeeping displays I can remember, like from any opposition goalkeeper. And if we're going to give them any credit whatsoever, it's that if that was Pedro Caetinha, if that was Wes Fotheringham, if it was Bruno Alves, that's 9-0 or, or yes. something similar. Yeah. So congratulations for keeping that to one, by the way. And I know you're all p- patting yourselves in the back for getting 1-0, but that's a trophy. And I think, that's what, I think that might be Scott Brown's point after yeah, the game. Yeah. He says, oh, Griggsy was sensational in both of them. Like, that's not... Saying that your keeper was sensational is not a compliment. Should have been sent off as well. Mm. Yes. Back. Yeah, there was a lot of that. Let's talk about Willie Collum. He's... he's <laughs> Honestly, now, you know, I think, you know, how the, the referees, I think, have got a very much a, an enclosed attitude where they think we're the best, we know, and any criticism of referees just emboldens their position. But that display from Willie Collum, much like many displays from Willie Collum, was utterly inept. Oh. Now, now, I just want to pick out a few moments. Lafferty, four or five fills before he even got a talking to. Hmm. Scott Brown. First foul, which by the way, wasn't he a foul? No. Laverty dived, straight booking. Edward. Oh, that's outrageous that, as well. Outrageous booking. I've no idea where that comes from. And there was another Rangers player who Morelis repeatedly Mirelis. repeatedly fouling, shoving people. At one point I'm sure he grabbed a Celtic defender by the neck when he was behind him. I think it was Ayer. And then as you say, McGregor. Th- there's only one conclusion I can draw for that. Willie Collum referees games off the cuff. He doesn't have an he doesn't have a brain to give himself enough thought to figure out what's happened. He's obviously got it in his head that Scott Brown is a bit of a... He's winding people up. Oh, first chance I get, I'm going to book him. That's him booked. Whereas Laffer, he's like, well, I don't really want to send Laffer. I don't want to ruin the game for Rangers. That that must have been his overriding thought. I don't want to ruin the game for Rangers. I need to call us Scott Brown. Going by Rangers, McGregor booked for time wasted in the first half. That's pathetic. <laughs> pathetic. So that's your tactics. You've got the referee slowing the game down as well. Just on that, you're quite right, McGregor. Time wasted from the very first minute. And to the last, and the ref, it took the referee almost an entire half of football to even have a word with him. Craig Gordon does it one time and columns up like that, giving yeah. him the watch, telling him to hurry up. McGregor tried to take a, he tried to take a free kick from 12 yards further on from where it was. The, someone fouled him on the goal line as he was coming to collect the rebound from a shot. And I think it was someone maybe buzzed him over. He then tried to take the free kick from basically the penalty spot. It was only the crowd reaction that made Colum go back and, and fix it. It's not even as if I want to rally against the the shocking biased treatment of the referee because he was just, as you say, inept. It's just woeful all over. He was bad for both teams because he eventually he booked Barisic, I think it was, because he'd let it go so far with the other players that Barisic basically copped it for his first foul because he realised he couldn't let another one go yeah. without a card. Morelos was... There was nothing particularly bad, but it was just constant, just constant barging people, just constant niggling people. And then eventually just poor wee Barisic cops it for all the previous fouls. Well, I want to know what is the advantage? Why? What is the attraction to Morelos? Morelos doesn't do it in the big games. He's been sent off now twice already this season, yep. maybe three times. Yeah, twice. Um, booked almost every other time he's not been sent off. He's just a horrible wee character, right? Very disagreeable presence. A, a very disagreeable <laughs> young man. Rangers love him, but he doesn't seem to do the business for them when it matters. It's Nacho, isn't it? Is, uh, yeah, that's exactly what he is. He's just a wee, a wee bulldog who just cuts But Nacho scored against us. Oh, well, that's true, yeah. He doesn't lovely do to see him in the crowd. Oh, <laughs> oh, him 800 tickets and wee Nacho gets one. It's okay, he'll be bankrupt soon after that EBT <laughs> tax bill lands. He's got a tax bill to pay on a £1.2 million EBT. Ouch. Yeah. 
just a la- just the last thing on Colm. As much as I agree he wasn't biased and he was inept, and I've said it before, now is the time you complain. See when you've got a bad referee and win. Yeah, that's I, that's your Celtic should be out saying, by the way, we're not happy with his performance. That was a poor performance. Because see if you have a bad referee and lose, I everyone goes, I yeah. just sour grapes because Absolutely. but of course Gerard um he blamed the referee. Uh, for the second time this season, Stephen Gerrard has done the old "Oh, the referees are against us" stuff. Um, absolutely, it was a foul. Apparently, on on who was it? Jo- Jack Ross? Not, Jack, not, not, not <laughs> Jack Ross. He doesn't play for Rangers. <laughs> Ryan Jack. Um, apparently, it was a foul on Ryan Jack on Rogic, which led to the Celtic goal. And apart from that, Stephen Gerrard, everything he was happy, absolutely happy with everything else. And do you know what I say to that? Good. <laughs> I say, if honestly. If the Rangers manager who has saw them get their worst start in 29 years, if he thinks I'm doing everything right, my players and tactics are brilliant and it's the referees holding us back, then there's no requirement for him to change what he's doing. So so keep doing it, mate, yeah, because you're 100% right. It is all the referees and it's nothing to do with you. I'd be interested to see just how much he believes this and how much it is Jim Trainer working him from the back is where you can almost see... Like Jim Trainer up to the elbow, yeah, <laughs> working Stephen Gerrard like a puppet. But I, I don't know. Stephen Gerrard seems to have arrived at Rangers with a chip on his shoulder about refereeing. Well, let is... me ask you something about Stephen Gerrard as a as a as a man. Stephen Gerrard, would you say he was a fiercely ambitious footballer? Yeah, when he, when yeah. he played the game, and he he was one of these guys that demanded the absolute best from everyone he he played with and for. Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah, 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 yeah. How do you think he feels seeing the likes of? Morelos, Arfield, and and Ryan Jack. I know, no, you're laughing, but yeah, I'm serious. I know. He, yeah. I'd see if his teams keep performing as bad as they are. I don't see him sticking it out because he'll just sit there and go, I can't believe this. That guy's. He's looking at those guys in midfield going, you're not even doing a quarter of what I was doing four years ago. And it, and that is a real issue for a lot of Steven guys. Steven Gerrard will still be the best player on that team at his age, yeah. comfortably, by a, by a country mail. We've seen it before. It depends on the personality. We've seen it happen with Roy Keane. Roy Keane famously struggled with the, the ability of his players when he's a manager, being yeah. far below what he was used to. Even to a certain extent, you see it with Neil Lennon from time to time. He's After Hibs don't get a result, he's come out, this is unacceptable, yeah. I can't believe this. But because he's used to, used to something higher. It will depend on the personality. Can Steven Gerrard apply it properly? Who knows? It remains to be seen. I just don't I don't see it with Gerrard. And I, I, honestly, I'm not just saying this. I don't see him sticking it out for the duration of the contract because look how angry he is already. Mm. It, look how angry and delusional he is after four games, blaming everybody and everything. Um and then today they just went and said, Gareth McCauley? He's older than the manager. <laughs> and do you know what he said? And you were talking about Jim Trainer. I, re- I read the first the first part of his interview. It's a great honour to play for this club. I supported them as a boy. All my, all my aunts and uncles and brothers and dads and moz support them. Oh my uh, dad's. Yeah. <laughs> Where I grew up, uh, the paving stones were painted red, white and blue. So this is a real honour for me. I'm like move. that. Yeah, you move. <laughs> <laughs> that's all That's all I care about. That's all I care <laughs> about. Anyway, that's enough about that lot. Let's talk about us. So just on that, Gareth McCauley, when you told me, I didn't know this, you, you said in the official TMT uh, group chat, I was like, oh, that's quite a good signing, but, but that's because I thought he was about 33. Aye. He's 38. He's 38. That's... I think he's 39 in November. And I'm... <laughs> They'd be better off with Fred McCauley. <laughs> <laughs> Remember McCoyster McCauley? Aye, McCoyster. Aye, that's when McCoyce show. was a, a TV pit. McCoyce was decent on the telly. I know. He must rue the day. He gave Aye. all that up to, to come and manage manage the jails. <laughs> the worst thing that ever happened to him. Anyway, enough about them. Enough about them. Let's talk about us, Melly, as you say, in charm. Sensational performance. The boys are Rolls Royce. 
It was. Can I just repeat? Congratulations on Olivier and Chan winning Player of the Year. Oh yeah, <laughs> just it was that good. I was actually thinking going to chill out a bit because people are going to be watching this. And I don't want <laughs> this is on telly. Yeah. Brendan said it, didn't he? he says Olivier is going to be the next one to go for big money. That's what he said after the game, I believe. Him in January. <laughs> we'll get to the transfer window after this. Yeah. Him and Brown absolutely strolled it. Scott Brown, no, the best start to the season against Sadova. I thought he was back, but obviously it's only Sadova. Sunday, that's him down to a tee. Absolutely loved it. Bossed it from the start. And to get booked so early on for not even a foul, which, by the way, the linesman's right behind that. Mm, so how can yeah. you... Colm's just too quick to get the card out to give the linesman a chance to look. He dived because when he fouled him, I thought it was a foul because Lafferty was convincing with that stuff. I thought, oh, yes, he's booted him in the ankle. Well in. <laughs> See, just on that, sorry to derail you slightly and go back the way, but see when Stephen Gerrard was complaining about the, the Ryan Jack, Jack Ryan, shadow recruit foul <laughs> and the build-up to the goal, he complained that uh, the fourth official said it was a foul and he was shouting foul, foul, yeah. foul. But what he forgets is that it's still the referee's decision. Referee's mm. about 12 yards from the thing. Mm. Why would he listen to someone who's the other side of the pitch on a, a, a tiny, niggly wee foul that's happened right in front of him? Who was, who, was, who was the fourth official? Sampton Beaton, John oh, Beaton. Oh, was it John Beaton? Yeah. I just wondered how him, how John Beaton with his eagle eyes from his vantage point yeah. could see it was a foul. When, do you know what? Don't you think it was a foul? No, no. Gary Gallagher said that the on Sky Sports. Aye, but he sounds well fiendy. There, McGallagher, oh. as if we're going to take his word. Yeah. <laughs> Typical uh, media with an H, bias with an H. He said that it wasn't a foul, clearly not a foul, and that McGregor should have been sent off, and because the ball's in play, it would have been a penalty to the hook. Of course so it would, yeah, that's right. They got off on that one. Oh, did it? oh, that's a good point. I didn't I didn't think about that, that obviously I would have had to be a penalty to us. Um, because you're right, the ball was in play. It would have been a, a bizarre performance, wouldn't it have been? McGregor turns up and puts in all these absolutely top class saves, but also concedes a penalty and is sent off in yeah. the game. It's a, a do you know who do you know who's imperious for us once again? Boyata. Ah, yeah, yes. Three games back. Three clean sheets. Three clean sheets. Just got just gobbled up everything that came his way, didn't he? Just bump up for a header. Bump unlucky, up for a header. Unlucky not to have bump up for a header. <laughs> <laughs> unlucky not to have been given the stadium man of the match for the second league game in a row. Potentially the third game it, in a yeah, row. Yeah, it was just, it was purely the the performance of Encham that edged over him. Didn't have an awful lot to do in the first half because of the aforementioned Rangers stinking tactics, but in the second half, in fairness, there were a few moments, a lot of it will have been built by just general stadium tension. There were a few moments towards the end where I thought, mm, we could do another one here just to get that over the line and then... When they announced it was going to be four minutes of injury time, I thought, oh, oh, this is getting a wee bit shaky. But in the cold light of day, looking at the game soberly, it it wasn't it no. wasn't that much pressure. But towards the end, Boyata was clearing absolutely everything. So was Ayer, to be fair as well. But some of the headers Boyata was winning, diving headers in his own box and everything, just, just clearing everything out. The only chance they eventually got, which looked like quite a good one from my angle, was the one that Tavernier came into the box and just snatched it right across for like a throw-in or something like that. It looked quite close from where I was sitting, but it wasn't at all. That's all they had. It just seemed to be get out to their full-backs and just launch an aimless ball in. It wasn't as if they worked to any sort of good angles or anything. It was just launch it in and boy, I just, as you said, just ate every one of them up. Away, 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 and we broke on them, kept the ball... We were never panicking, we were no. never panicking. See, if I had any minor complaints about the game at all, it would be that, as you said, we gave the fullbacks a wee bit too much space. That Barisic, not that he did anything with it, I thought he was poor, to be honest, after they've been raving about him since he signed you. Yeah. Oh. I thought he was poor, but to be honest, gave him 
a wee bit too much space at times. That's probably more down to Forrest than Lustig because Lustig had his hands full with that big clown in his position. But I don't, I don't think Goldson was up too much either. Passing no, there was one shocking, absolutely dreadful shocking. pass in the second half where he just put it straight out, straight out of the pitch. Katic was. <laughs> there was a hilarious moment where Katic squared up to Griffiths. I think I was. I mean, disappointed is too strong a word, but I think Edward probably could have done better for us. I think. Um, that was a real opportunity for him to step up and, and take over from he who shall not be named. <laughs> a few weeks out, injured. Just get him in. A wee easy game here, a wee dominant game. <laughs> we'll get him back in. International break, then he'll come back for the big ones after that. The thing with Edward is we've got no fears over whether he can perform in these games because yeah. he's more than done his, his fair share. What, has he got three against them already? Yeah. So I think, my, I think it's not just Edward, but everyone. Um, and I think that's probably my overriding feeling. I saw somebody say today, in fact it may be someone tweeting something that Hugh Keevan said, I can't remember any but it was a good point regardless. It said Celtic once again turn it on for the games against Rangers, um which which we were very guilty of last year. Um they seem to get motivated only by Rangers, which again I don't know if that's the case, but it, there is probably some modicum of truth to that. There, I would twist that and say that they're, they're only ever up for the big games. Yeah. I would I would say they're more guilty of being up for the big games, and I include Rangers in that. So you can throw cup finals and cup semi finals yeah. and games against Aberdeen and all that. But the the the, the punchline to that point was if IAK Athens were wearing Rangers strips, Celtic probably would have qualified or could probably would have won those games. Mm. If Dedrick Boyata was wearing a Celtic strip, <laughs> like Celtic yeah, may, maybe maybe I just I just don't want. A repeat of of last season, where we're only where we go through the motions for everyone else, and we turn up for Rangers. I think it's a bit different this season. Although Rangers had a howling start to the season, they are going to be behind us probably, aren't they? Because they have had three away games and failed to win any of them so mm. far. But that's three games where you think this is a test for them, and they failed all three in the league so far. So he got through in the cup, but. In the league, he's not doing. He got through in Europe, but in the league, he's not doing too well. It's because they beat. I know. Sorry for talking over you, but I, a point that I made a couple of weeks ago: was, they beat nobody in Europe. Though these know, teams I, were I absolutely. Don't understand nobody's. how they got that draw. It was a belting draws every time. But end of the day, they didn't concede. They barely conceded and got through. So that's that's what they're going to try and do. They're going to do the Walter Smith, not concede goals, but see after the big week we had, that was the ideal game exactly for us because yeah. that's when the top dogs come out, windows shut. This is what we've got to work with, boys. We're up against it. Let's show these hun bastards <laughs> what we're all about. On the, uh, this game, as we as said, it was, it was a big game and turning up for these occasions and all that kind of thing. Let's let's be realistic. That was a must-win game for Celtic. And I, and I don't mean as in, oh, they're, they're really challenging because as they've, dis- as they've displayed against Aberdeen and Motherwell, they aren't really challenging yet. But just with the time that Celtic find themselves in, the last couple of months have been a bit of a mess. There's no getting away from that. Mm. Celtic had to win that game to stamp their authority on it because all of a sudden the, the cloud is lifted for us. We're, we're all positive about it again just off the back of that one game. But imagine it had been the other way around. Imagine, and I know it sounds ludicrous now that we've seen the performance of them, but imagine Rangers had managed to win that game after all the transfer window stuff, after all the drama, and then you go into an international break. So you've got another two weeks to sit here and stew Still on this it. crisis club yeah. stuff and all that. So it was a, a great result, a great performance to put in at the exact right time. It was, and it wasn't just the result. We could have won that game 1-0 and just maybe scraped it. It was the sheer dominance, as you said. Yeah. It was as convincing a 1-0 as you'll see, and it just puts us back thinking, right, we have got a good team. Got a couple of players coming in now, supplement that, get to January get some signings in 
Whereas them, they're thinking, what do we do? See every big game? Are we just going to defend and hope for the best? Because that's what their tactics look like. It's a, I do owe Celtic somewhat of an apology. Um, I, I, I'm off, I, I am myself, I'm guilty for looking across the city and going, how come they can sign players mm. and not fully realising the extent of it? Um, they've signed 15 players this year. Not Spent 16 now? 16. 16. McCauley. Yeah. Not a single one of them would have even came on our radar judging by that performance yesterday. Those guys are nowhere near good enough what we try to sign. Um, so maybe, which, is, which is also what makes their, their tactics so surprising because every time I, I go online, it seems like Rangers are signing another winger, another attacker, another striker. But where, where's their, their attacking intent? There's yeah. none whatsoever. What's happened to all these wingers that they've signed? What's happened to that guy from Roma, Aye. a striker? No, I'm, I'm going to afford them the same allowances everyone gets. They're a new team. There's a lot of new players in that team. There was like eight new new players, basically, and, and two players who who are new but were here six years ago yeah. or whatever. So you, you do give them that, that period of grace where they're, they're gelling and all that. But at the same time, you have, you must turn up for these games, and if that's the best you've got, I'm, yeah, I'm and not, they're a, not they're impressed. A, they're an absolute nothing club. Um, and they're a nothing team they're a bum team as Conor McGregor would say even at the final whistle as Stephen said when they had to stay in everybody realised that going round the stadium with the players going round I seen Scott Brown and Keenan Tinney right up at the front and I seen Scott Brown do a wee dance <laughs> before anything I thought that was a bit weird as if he was telling Tierney to do something uh, then as soon as he got to near the Rangers fans he did that dance right? <laughs> he planned that all the way around until he got to them done it Griffith's done it and then the foamers foamed mm. and it was just oh spit flying everywhere oh scum it was hilarious just, just lovely and just, just as a wee joke uh, I stuck out a tweet immediately after the game I said a, a wee video of Theresa May dancing to Beautiful I Sunday please I... and within 10 minutes Murray uh, of of Celtic Twitter fame obliged. Uh, that, was was, that, that was quite quick. That was that was quick. Cheers work. for that. I also got a wee beautiful Sunday rendition. Went to the real McCoy after the game. Kevin Smith, Smitty, was in playing and he put twenty minute Tim's in beautiful Sunday. Oh, was that the boy that they gave the shout out? Aye, that was made, made us feel special. Good chanter, so he is good chanter. <laughs> so Stephen, as you said, it was a turbulent period for Celtic. Um, the two things that people want to hear us talk about in this podcast is number one, battering the Rangers, and number two, probably battering Peter Law um, <laughs> for that transfer window. Now, uh, we're not usually ones to do this, but we did have a full and frank transfer autopsy on the, the Patreon. That podcast was about an hour long. Uh, we got some stuff off our chests. <laughs> we, <laughs> sure, stuff, uh, we sure did. Um, but this is, this is the Monday podcast and we've still got business to do here, so... The transfer window last week, it all sort of started to happen last week. We mm. we had uh, Malumbu arrive, we had Benkovic arrive, we had the King of Glasgow uh, throw a tantrum, we had Kwasi being told they could find themselves a new club on the last day. Um, and let's, then back on the bench for the Rangers game. And then back on the bench for the Rangers game. Let's pick it up with Malumbu. Yeah, Malumbu, and I'm going to help everyone out, there are no A's. No. Or O's in that name. It no. is Mulumbu. There's I don't think no... there's any A's in his first name no. either. There's no Malumba. No. I don't want to see any. You will it's be not Mumba. <laughs> not Samantha Mumba. Uh, it's Mulumbu. Yeah. Um, let's, player... let's not turn this into a Masunda or uh, Morelos, Morelles and all that. They're, they're dead easy to say. I, I see people... written on their back. Uh, I, see, uh, I saw someone tweeting about my pronunciation of Aya or Aja or Aya. Aja. <laughs> um, and I just rotate that as I see fit just, yeah. to, just to wind like people up. Like Tavernier and Tavernier and... Malumbu, um, a player last season, uh, Stephen, I remember you in particular, uh, rated, we all pretty much said, 
good player. Um, we needed that number eight. We didn't get him. We all know what happened by now with John McGinn. Um, we apparently made contact with Malumbu two weeks ago. Uh, so that tells me that maybe he was weighing up his options yeah. to see what was coming his way and what was his way was partly Bordeaux, Swansea and Celtic and he came to us. Yeah, absolutely. And I, th- I feel sorry for some of the signings in this window, such as him, such as Izikiri and Daniel Arzani because they've kind of been forgotten about because the whole thing has been a bit of a casserole of nonsense, yeah. like, let's face it. Um, they've, they've underwhelmed... The of catastrophe. Yeah. <laughs> Malumbu has, has underwhelmed coming in because he's 31, he played for Kamarnock. But mm. take all that aside, that that's a good player. He is a very capable player and we've seen it in the league. People will complain, oh, how is this going to make us better in Europe and all that bit? That, that remains to be seen. That's, could, we need a guy who can come in and rotate in the midfield, much like John McGinn was supposed to do. I've said his name. That's yeah. it. He's sealed in the box and he's gone forever. We will no longer talk about John McGinn. Malumbo is going to come in. He can play, arguably, probably Brown or in Cham's position. Yep. Maybe not as good as either of those two, but he's a very good player. He dominated our midfield yep. against Kilmarnock on at least one occasion, including scoring a winner against us. So, yeah, it makes sense. If you've got a guy like that who's available and willing to come come to you, then by all means, get it over the line. It's just a shame that it's come in amongst all this mess. Yeah. Melly, your thoughts on Malumbu? Decent. Decent. That's that's fair, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I'm saying he's a good signing, but decent is more than fair. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I'll say, I say that because he's 31. He is 31. And although not a direct replacement, he comes in instead of Armstrong, hmm. who's 26. Scored one goal last season, I think. Scored one goal in the last five years. Yes. Yeah. Armstrong scores at least 10 goals a season. Sometimes in games against like your Hamilton last week, you need somebody to make those runs into the box, the direct run, the energy, somebody that will take somebody away, create space for somebody else, or get a run in the box and score. Don't see Malumbu doing that, so I was hoping for a bit more drive and energy in there. But 31, replacing a 26-year-old international player who he sold for seven million, replacing him with a guy who's free now, I know. Money's not everything, but it is a bit disappointing when you look at it. We've lost Roberts, Armstrong and Dembele. Now, all didn't play every game last year, I know that, but all were in the squad. All would arguably start if they were fit. So you're taking three of those guys out of the team. That's about 50 goals at least, not assists included in that. It's a lot of goals to take out of the team that hasn't really been mm-hmm. replaced. Um, Benkovic was another one we brought in um, no doubt we needed a centre half yeah. um, Benkovic was brought in because he's somewhat surplus to requirements at Leicester City having been bought as a contingency plan no now for those who don't know for those who don't know what a contingency plan is Peter Lowell what it is is it's, <laughs> it's when you envisage that say for instance a big club like Leon or Manchester United are going to come in and buy your star player like Dembele or Harry Maguire you buy someone to, to prevent that um, and what happens is now Benkovic has been brought in man you obviously their transfer window is a complete and utter disaster yeah. um, and Benkovic is now somewhat surplus to requirements and we brought him in on loan I'm I'm happy with that. Yeah, um, yeah. We, we said to Boyata we couldn't let him go until we got a replacement. Brendan Rodgers, in my mind, has, has done a really good job turning the Boyata situation around. And now what we've got is a central defender who is a proper bona fide central defender um, to play in beside Ayer or Boyata, whatever the case may be. And I'm happy with that. Yeah, and it gives you options, as Melly said on the Patreon episode, that unfortunately the, the sort of two up front thing has been scuppered for now with the, the loss of the he who shall not be named until a couple of minutes from now. Yep. But um, 
Yeah, I don't know much about Benkovic, it has to be said. I, I just like the profile. I like what I hear about him. I like the, the words that have been used about him, like you know, dominant and, and, and so on. Yeah, Leicester have effectively done what Celtic do. They've, they've taken a young player in and thought, well, maybe not needed for the moment. Let's let's stick him out and see how he gets on. Because they've got they've get guys like Harry Maguire, who's just off the back of a good World Cup, and Johnny Evans and Wes Morgan, who's won the league. So he's not, he's not going to play. Makes sense for us to be hoovering things like that up. Are you happy with Benkovic, Melly? Yep, really happy. It's a guy, 13 million, blows out of the well. water. We've no chance of getting paid that money for him. We were linked with him this time last year. If we had to go up him this time last year, we'd be looking to sell him for 13 million right now if we were going to sell him. So to get in a guy like that that's probably was in our price range last year, but this, this time he's not, is he better than what we've got? Probably. Barbiota, get him in. Good player, can't argue with that. The only thing is, he only became available at the last minute, so hmm. he just came on. He became available, so it doesn't seem like there was any plan to get him in, does it? Well, I don't know. We were linked with him for like a week before. I yeah. think I think I think we were making the but inquiries about it. We all said at the start it we need a right back, we need a centre half, centre mm-hmm. midfielder, winger. He wouldn't have been on the original list, would no, he? Yeah, right. So it's just it makes the it's a good sign and I'm very happy with it, but it just seems as if he was available instead of is he available to get are you happy Boyata stayed? Yeah, yeah, I am. I mean, there, there's no getting away from the mess that was that situation. I wasn't happy with that at all, but happy that it's been put to bed for now and he's in and he's undoubtedly performing well. There's there's yeah. no doubt about it. I still, I, my opinion hasn't changed that I don't think he will sign a, a new contract. No. I think he's I think he's gone unless Celtic make him an absolutely outrageous offer. Well, that, here's, the, here's the offer you make him. And I, I don't know how this works out, but you, you say to him, we will sell you next year. But we want some money for you. So how about this? Here's a three-year deal on the money you were going to get at Seville, and we'll sell you in the summer. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I suppose it makes no difference to him. He's getting the Seville wage, whatever that might be, if we can afford to pay it or near enough it. And then when we sell him in the when we make when we actually sell him next year, we get we get a deal. I suppose it will depend on whether he was due like signing on fees and stuff mm. like that, you know, because they're they're a lot yes. these days. So I, yeah, if you can if we can sign him up, by all means do it. I just don't have any confidence that he, that he will. Even a Armstrong type deal, just have one year extension, yeah. probably get us over the line for that. But eh, that'll be down to him, though. It'll be down to him yeah. because ultimately he, he seemed pretty determined to move. Yeah, absolutely. And ultimately, as much as we like, we favour and sort of smile upon players who choose to do that for us, like Petrov, like Armstrong. It's not his responsibility no, to get not. us money. He's he's got to look after number one, and and that's that's the reality of it, unfortunately. So, Mel, are you happy, boy? At the state, happy stayed. Could have been done a whole lot better. He really did shaft us for the Champions League, but he owes his big time now and three games back, three clean sheets. He has he's starting to work his way back. So he has to show it now. Uh, Kuwasi. Um <laughs> touted as a replacement for Brown, sort of appears in fits and starts, gets that, picked for the most well, he gets picked for the most obscure games. He gets picked for the Zenit game, picked for Hearts Away, he gets told he could find a new club on deadline day. And then is on the bench again for the Rangers game. I wonder if he was told to find a new club, or was it just somebody saying, "Oh, Malumbo's in." No, well, it was that was the news that Kwasi's been told he could find himself a new club. But there's a lot of these players kicking about Celtic that we just can't get rid of. Once again, you know, we've got Ryan Christie, who a couple of weeks ago Brendan Rodgers said there's no real time for him to get any football. Yeah. He's played; he's actually done fine as far yeah. as I'm concerned. A he couple of games he's over, and I, th- I think we've maybe arrived at a, a position with Ryan Christie where we need to reevaluate his position in the squad because things have changed now. Yeah. When Brendan Rodgers said, I don't know if we'll be able to find him time, 
that was in the in the midst of the transfer window, fully expecting more players to come in mm. and not for Dembele to leave. So things have changed completely since that was said. We need to look at Ryan Christie as a as a functioning member of the squad. Now it may be it may be good to get him a it couple seems of like starts. Seems like a decent understudy for Rogic. Yeah, 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 absolutely. He yeah. seems like a decent understudy for Rogic. Boy, well, he's uh, been going to the gym as well. Yeah, he's, 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 he's beefed out. He's beefed out. Uh, there's a lot, there's, as you said, Ryan Christie. We'll need him now. He's the third striker option, probably. Could have won a penalty against Rangers if Colm hadn't bottled it again. We've still got Scott Allen. Yes. De Vries. Yes. Gamboa. Yes. Compare. I was waiting to see if you would remember Compare. Kouassi. <laughs> <laughs> We've already got rid of Dembele, Armstrong, Roberts, Sviachenko. Hun- hundreds of thousand pound off the wage bill. And you've got about what, five or six players. Tony Ralston not in the squad. Get these guys off the wage bill. Get rid of them. Yeah. They're not going to play. They're not going to make a significant impact. And it's just it's wasting money. So let's get to him. Let's talk about him. The, the, the man who is um, single-handedly ripping my preseason prediction to shreds. <laughs> yeah, he is. Malumbu has a lot of making up to do because he speaks they, French, doesn't he? Well, yeah, I did put in the caveat. I put in the wee small print that yeah. anyone who speaks French in the squad can. If anybody doesn't know what I'm talking yeah, about, about, by the way, uh, I predicted at the start of the season that the French connection, namely Dembele and Cham and Edward, would combine for a total of 64, no less, no more goals. Uh, that looks to be on the scrap heap. Aye, on um, this. You might be alright. Yeah, here, Lee Griffith is fluent. Is he? Well, in, Cham, in fairness, in Cham's banging them in. So I'm going to look. Uh, I'm going to need guys like Kwasi and Boyata and Malumbu to really step but, up here. Um, did we have a song for Dembele? Oh, it's just because that one he put on his farewell note. Never heard of it. Never heard of it. Although one thing he did put on his farewell note, and I feel like we are responsible. <laughs> Partly, well, I am responsible for this um, and probably responsible for inflating his ego to the point where he treated he put aka the king of Glasgow on his his farewell at least it worked at least it worked worked. all all those months before I told anyone in this podcast just quietly telling him he was the king of Glasgow and he went to his head anyway on that note see when he said the, the king of Glasgow he also said aka Big Moose aka but that when you if you read it quickly it looked like Big Moussaka <laughs> but yeah he called himself the king of Glasgow and anyone who was not it was not privy to our in joke and there's yeah. a lot of people tweeting and saying oh what he said it but the amount of people who were saying you call yourself the king people were furious yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's only one true king there was there was battles in the street over who had loyalty to the king well anyway the king is dead long live King Eddie. That's all I've got to say about that. So Dembele threw an absolute massive hissy fit because Leon put a bid in for him and we made him promises apparently mm. that we that, again. that we didn't fulfil. Now, Brendan Rogers has since had a say on this. Spoke very well. Spoke very well. Drew a line underneath it. He says, I took Musa. Uh, I can't do my Brendan Rogers impression. Okay. He goes, I took Musa. Musa. No, no. Work. No. Work. It, I'm work. always fascinated by the way he says work. Work. I like it. I like the way I like listening to Brendan Rogers yeah. speak. He took Miss into a room and he said, "Look, we're here with the senior members of the staff." He goes, "Did I categorically make you any promises about anything?" And Musa said categorically, "No, you did not." And Brendan Rogers said, "And at that point, I knew I could let him go because he was talking rubbish about these promises." Mm. Um, turned up to training, didn't try. It was comical. No, laughable. Right. La- absolutely laughable. He'd, he'd basically forced and forced a move. And the reason for all this was because apparently Celtic had agreed a deal somewhat with with Leon, saying, OK, this guy wants to go, but we want £20 million. And when the deal came through, it was only £15 million. The long and short of it is, 
Moussa Dembele is gone, Stephen, and how do you feel about it? Well, very disappointed, particularly at the end of it. Things move on. You know, we've lost bigger than Dembele and just moved on from it. It's unfortunate, and a, a couple of years ago, I wouldn't have pictured it ending this way. No. Is that because he kept saying he wanted to stay for more than a couple <laughs> of years? Realistically, in my heart of hearts, <laughs> I, I, also, I always pictured Moussa Dembele as two seasons max, yeah. maybe even one. So to get two seasons out of him, a player of that level, w- was great for Celtic. But at, at the start of this window, I didn't feel like that because all the, the signs were pointing towards him staying. Yeah. And, and as you say, he, he was fairly clear about him wanting to stay. So it's unfortunate that it's ended this way. We're going to have to move on. We've already made a good start of it against mm-hmm. Rangers. But yeah, I definitely would have liked him to stay. Melly, why why miss a got of players like that? It's really disappointing. It all it seemed okay, but then when Leon sold Mariano back to Real Madrid, that was Demelli yeah. was a target. So that only happened within the last week. So to be a guy who you said could be on to the goat, he's got better than one one goal in two, every two games. Why did you have to ruin the legacy? Why did you have to do that? Greed. So it's. I know it's. I can see it from just from his point of view. If you take away, as Stephen said, two seasons at most, didn't get in the Champions League. That was our fault because we didn't do well do well enough in the transfer market. So he's not got Champions League exposure. He's now twenty two years old. He's out of the French under twenty one squad because that he'll want to be in the first first team of the French squad. He's not in the Champions League. He's not getting that exposure. He's not in a great league. Leon came in a team from his home country in the Champions League, consistently in the Champions League, and give him a platform to be recognised. Like, like I appreciate what you're, I know what you're and, saying. But he didn't ha- see if he had done all that and went, but it's the fact that he threw the fit in the training yeah. ground thing. and it was, the a to like, well. it was a throwback to like Cadet. Van Hoydonk yeah. and Cadet. And listen, like you say, like we've had a couple of days to, to think on it. The Leon press conference where he's criticising Brendan Rodgers, there's, there's no need for that. No, there's no. absolutely, it's Celtic, as you say, Melly, the profile that Moussa Dembele had was he got it at Celtic and Brendan Rodgers got him that profile. I don't care what whether or not he wanted to go to Lyon or whether it was Real Madrid or anything else that was in for him. There's ways and means to conduct yourself. There's ways and means to treat a manager and a club who've done very well for you. Yeah. And he didn't do it. And he is far from the biggest player that wants a move. You know, he, yeah. All due respect to Moussa Dembele, but see, ultimately, in European terms, in football, global terms, you're an absolute nobody. Yeah. And to throw your weight around with a club like Celtic is unforgivable. It'll be interesting to see how he is remembered because it's it's sore just now but in the cold light of day maybe a couple of years down the down the line how will he be remembered because you've mentioned Cadet and Van Hoydonk there that's kind of water under the bridge now I've got no time for them well, everyone's just, well yeah there's there's two chains of thought on it but a lot of people think of them as legends if maybe if people who are too young to remember how it went down that time but then you've got guys like Viduka who is just sort of vilified yeah. you know but Van Hoydonk went away arguably the worst of the lot yeah. You know, he he went away talking about you know, offers for homeless people and all that kind of thing, yeah. contracts fit for homeless people, all that kind of stuff. Cadet is quite similar to Dembele in that he went away talking about promises not being kept. We'll never know what what the, st- the full story about that is, but it, as I say, it will be interesting to see how how his legacy is. Brendan said it, and I believe him. And, and Musa said it as well, no promises were made to Musa Dembele. He wasn't promised anything. Uh, he was pro- what he, Brendan said. It, he was promised a good working environment. He was promised that he was going to improve him as a player, and he, would, he was promised that Brendan Rodgers would work his hardest with him every day. That's all the promises were made to Dembele. Yeah, it's just because of the week it was in, Celtic got themselves into an absolute mess with the Boyata situation, with John McGinn situation the whole transfer window, 
it was open season in Celtic. Going out of the Champions League leaves us in the back foot. We've got a hole where we need to fill the money. We don't need to fill it, but Peter Lowell feels he needs to fill mm. it. Leon, no, this guy's not got Champions League exposure. We can go and get him. It was just a bad week. And see if we had the captain belly, it's not a bad a window, but well, the fact it. that he goes, but Brendan Rodgers said it when he spoke to him. He's been in a position before. He spoke Suarez round, got him to stay for the extra year. He knew with Dembele, he was gone. Yeah, he knew and it was it, gone. That training ground, see if somebody's going to act like that, you're not going to win him back, are you? Mel- Melly touched on it there, so I'm going to ask, take all the drama, all mm. the drama out of the window. Did we have a good window or bad? Don't, I don't want you to elaborate, I just want the word good or bad, Stephen. All the drama aside, just looking at who went out and who came in, good or bad window. If I'm only being allowed two words, then bad. Good or bad? Disaster. <laughs> Disaster. Um... <laughs> And I'd agree. I think it was it was a bad window. Do you think, Stephen? As we said at the beginning, we gave Celtic the due credit. We said to the at the beginning of the window, judge it after it. If you leave the window weaker or stronger, that's what you're done. Do you think we're weaker now or stronger than we went in? If you if you look at the outs column, then I'd, I'd say we're pr- probably weaker. It remains to be seen what the ins are capable of doing. There's lots and lots of question marks. A lot of positives, a lot of a lot of potential with guys like Benkovic and Arzani. Who knows what he's going to be like? Yeah, there's there's things to look forward to, but purely on the the black and white of it, the outs is is a lot stronger than the ins. Melly, weaker or stronger? Oh, much weaker, much weaker. Fifty goals down at least. We addressed the left back position. We addressed the centre half position. Didn't really address much more. I think it's fair to say that during the transfer window, Brendan Rodgers, Lee Conger and Peter Lowell, none of them particularly covered themselves in glory. Um, Starting with Brendan Rodgers, he made it very public about how he felt he was let down, how he felt like he wasn't supported. Peter Lowell uh, is is someone that I I think probably needs to come out and ask some questions because I think we are undoubtedly weaker. We are right now, we're sitting, we're a club absolutely awash with cash. We have so much money in the bank and probably more money than we've ever had and I can't understand why we are weaker than we are before we went into this window. There's a transfer process at Celtic. Nobody knows what it is, mm. but I'm sure it exists. So did they follow it? If they followed it, then it's broken, and you need to just throw it right in the bin. Or if you didn't follow it, we need to know why. Do you take much credence in the fact, Stephen, that Brendan Rodgers says he doesn't feel supported? Because bear in mind, we seem to have thrown our old transfer model out for Brendan Rodgers. You know, we're letting contracts run down, we're signing older players, we're turning down, massive bids, we're turning down bids for the likes of Gordon, who's 30 odds, Boyata's last year's. You know, we seem to have abandoned this only by players with a selling value stuff for Brendan Rodgers. Do you think there's any credence in the fact that he can be claim he's not been backed? I suppose it just depends what Brendan Rodgers considers backed because I said a couple of weeks ago that you can't just give managers all power. You can't just turn the keys over to them, essentially. He has to have a a lead on him. But whether that lead is too tight, we don't know. I'm led to believe that there's going to be a meeting about this. You you said you talked about the process there. We don't know what it is. I'm led to believe there's going to be a sort of debriefing. Now, there's nothing sensational about that. That's a standard after every transfer window they they get together. But I would love to be a fly in the wall at at that to see what's said. Melly, Brendan Rodgers, do you think his arguments about not being backed stack up? They probably do. When... He said two out of my three targets got Edward, didn't get the other two, which were the right back and John McGinn. Those deals, he wasn't asking for Danny Alves and Iniesta, was he? He was asking for a right back from Sport Lisbon and a central midfielder from Hibs. But you, but you, they're th- tappings. Fees could have been easily agreed, they're not on massive wages. So if you get the three guys in at that window, that's fine. But if that was his three targets, again, he's not addressing 
the centre-half situation. He's not addressed the winger. He has signed 20 players now at Celtic. It's nearly two full teams. And we are still at our back four. Our back five is still Craig Gordon, who can't do what he wants him to do. And the two keepers he's brought in as well aren't good enough no. to overtake him. He signed a right back. He signed two centre-halves. And he signed a left back. And none of them are better than Lustig. Boyata, Ayer and Tierney so he's not improved the back four and that back four has been going nearly four or five years that's his fifth window down now now he's got to identify players better but his worst signing he's ever made is Lee Congerton because he can't argue that that was his man he brought him there and he had a terrible reputation before he came to us so, so hate to think what so, it is now so there's a lot of there's a lot of blame getting thrown about Stephen Peter Law sort of shares a lot of the blame if, if you're me Lee Congerton he sort of gets a lot of them, but the trouble is nobody really knows what Lee Congerton does. His name no. is head of head of recruitment. There's, it's shrouded in mystery. We know he's the head of recruitment, but what does that entail? Is he bringing lists of players that are unrealistic, or is he bringing lists of players that are bad players? Yeah. We, we just we don't know. Is he bringing good lists of players, and the targets aren't been aren't been, Does he hand it over to Lowell, and then Lowell is failing to get the deals over, or whoever's in charge of that is he failing to get deals over the line? We just don't know what his what his position is. In but all but this. you're quite right because there's a number of ways that it could play out, Stephen. Uh, and I just want to invite you for a moment to do some improv with me okay, here, right? Okay. <clears throat> so just... you be Lee Congerton, okay. and I'll be Peter Law in this scenario. Scene. Oh, oh man, Miss Lawwell, uh, I've got this. Can uh, I just list... stop you there a second, Lee? Can you can you please go out and then chat and come back in? Yes, yeah, so, so, I, I apologise, Miss Lawwell. Who is it? It's uh, little Lee Congerton. Who? Oh, yeah. Come on in. Come on in, Lee. I forgot right. about you. Uh, oh, oh, hey, Mr. Lowell, I've got I've got great news for you. I've identified all these players. There at the top of it is Danny Simpson. His number is. Oh, is this is this the right backs at the man? Yeah, uh, the yeah, right Let me have a look at this. How many players are on this list? Fifteen. Let me have a look. Right. Well, we can't afford fourteen of these. So, <laughs> uh, have you got have you got that midfielder we wanted? Let me have a look. Yep, Douglas Louise of uh, Man City is on forty-five list. grand a week. Mm. Can't afford any of the. Oh, I see John McGinn's number 12 on that list, but I really do a lot of fuckery with Rod Petrie, so it's unlikely we'll get him either. And seen. So you're quite right, that could be the problem. The yeah. problem is that Brendan Rogers and Lee Congerton are best buddy buddy, cutting about the south of England in their Bentleys, turning up at Premiership clubs and going, Danny Simpson, I'll bring you to Celtic. 45 grand a week. Yeah. And then as soon as they get back to, back to Celtic HQ, it's just not happening. Um, the most disappointing thing for me on the transfer window as a whole, just just looking at everything, looking at the fact that the players we lost and the, the tantrums and, and all this sort of stuff and Brendan Rodgers being unhappy, and I'm now beginning to think that Brendan Rodgers is genuinely... Well, it depends what happens with this meeting. If if they sit down and they say, Lee Congerton has to go, let's come up with a, a plan to move forward, let's come up with a new way of running this for the next three years because this way didn't work, then maybe there's some way of getting it back. But the most disappointing thing for me, I think, is that it's it's sort of laid bare the ambitions for the club where, where they see us. We are a club that's awash with cash, but we managed to create a situation where we come out of the transfer window weaker than we were into it. And, and you know, I think that, that, that that's inexcusable for me. It really is inexcusable. We, we gave it a go with Brendan Rodgers trying to be a, a premiership-level European challenging type team we gave it a go bringing in the Dembele's and the high wages for the Sinclair's and the Saunders and all that and I think I think the end of that cycle's coming and it's very disappointing because it seems to me very much like Celtic have peaked I don't I'm not entirely sure 
that we're going to see those wages and those players coming in anymore. Um, if Brendan does leave at the end of the season, I don't know if there's the stomach there to to replace him with someone of a similar calibre. I think they might go back down the, yeah. the Neil Lennon route or the Steve Clark route. And it's really disappointing for me because it just, for me, the ambitions that we have as supporters for the club don't seem to match what the guys who run and own the club have. Um, and, and and that just, I think we might have just hit the glass ceiling a wee bit. You spoke there about the ambitions of the supporters. The thing is, see with that, yeah, as a support, we might be demanding, but at the same time, I think we're easily pleased as well. Mm, because, well yeah, and, and that's the thing. All we need is to feel like we're getting better. Yeah. We don't want to feel like we've peaked a couple of seasons ago and now, right, right that's kind of the end of that. Yeah. So let's let's just sort of take stock of what we're doing. Let's drop that wage bill a wee bit. Let's, I, I don't want to feel like that because it's actually quite a... De- a depressing thought going forward don't get me wrong Celtic are great and it's been a great couple of seasons and we're just off the back of a really positive result but we just want to feel even if it's not true you know what yeah. even if it's not true we want to feel like in five years time we're going to be winning the Europa League we're going to be, and then it'll be the next stop Champions League even if that's nonsense that's how we want to feel but unfortunately that transfer window has kind of pissed on the chips of it a wee yeah. bit <laughs> and, and, and let me just before I come to you earlier, let me just say Celtic fans and probably the players have been spoiled by Brendan Rodgers, mm. so it's very it's a very difficult appointment to, to follow up on. Yeah. So your best bet is just supporting the guy. Yeah, exactly. That's it. You think about it from what you said. See if you don't support Brendan Rodgers, who are you going to back? Mm. See yeah. the next guy. You're not going to back him more than you are him. And it just feels like mentioned it on the Patreon. So I was speaking to somebody at the. Well, this was a good. This was a good summation of it. It's the Duva game. Somebody in their bus was saying it just feels like we've got a Champions League ambitious manager who wants to compete in that group stages. We've got a Europa League quality squad probably because we're not in the Champions League mm. and it needed supplemented. And we've got a board that have got a SPFL mentality where they think be ahead of Rangers. Just be ahead of them. And again, it's just as a supporter, you just say, it's just a familiar feeling of position of strength. Go unbeaten. Win the treble. Double treble, right? That squad's getting a bit. Mm. It needs a wee refresh. Push on, position of strength. But again, Martin O'Neill, Gordon Strachan's last season, Neil Lennon when they sold all the players. It's a recurring theme. We get to this position and we don't push on. It's not as we're not even pushing on. We're going backwards now. Yeah, not as good as much quality, and it's already bit us in the tail. We're already out the Champions League. We've lost that money. We needed to push on getting in the Champions League. We should be light years ahead of Rangers. We shouldn't be looking over our shoulders and be able to see them. We shouldn't be thinking what they're doing. We should mm. be the best mm. we can be, and we're not doing that. No. To and be clear, we're, we're, we're trying desperately not to be overly dramatic. No, here. all we're, we're talking about yeah. is the feelings after the transfer just window. Just taking stock of the transfer yeah, window. That's all we're doing. Yeah. That's all we're doing. Um, aye, so that was that was us just having a wee moan about the transfer window. If, listen, if you want an hour of an hour of me and Melly and Stephen moaning about the transfer window, <laughs> it's available on the Patreon. Um, I suppose we could do. Oh, I was going to say last year we rated the transfer window out of ten, and we should do that again. But I just want to take this moment to mention this is our third birthday. Also, oh, that's happy uh, birthday, guys! Happy the birthday, podcast podcast pros. Um, transfer window out of ten for me four. Hmm. Mine is eight, but that's out of a hundred. All right, okay. <laughs> Melly. Two. Two? Oh, oh that's, a, that's a wee bit harsh. That's a wee bit harsh. Okay, 
it seems like so long ago that we beat Suduva and got into the Champions League. In fact, so long ago people probably can't even remember it or don't want to hear about it. That's because we didn't get into the Champions League. No, we didn't get into the Champions League, <laughs> Melly. You are quite right. We beat Suduva to get into the Europa League. Um, I, I suppose we could quickly touch on the, the Suduva game. It was it was a good performance, but that's that's a team at the level of Hamilton, isn't it? Not very good. And, the, and the, the performance itself was much better than the first leg, let's face it. I yeah. watched that when I was in uh, Santa Ponza. I yeah, dropped into yeah. and hub, Flamingos. hub of all Timory over mm-hmm. in Santa Ponza. Took in that classic game. Eh? Melee. Job done. 3-0. Convincing. No, clean sheet. Never in doubt, was it? No. I know it was another. The, the only thing that stuck out for me was it was the Boyata. Pretty much man of the match almost again. Yep. Great again. Flawless again. Couldn't complain. It's just one of those games. Job done. No injuries. Big Could have had more to... goals. Yeah. Chances early on. But funnily enough, when you, you look back at the highlights, all the, the chances were falling to players weaker foot. Good goals, but... Yeah. Great free kick. McGregor's goal was good. Disappointed with McGregor's shot, though. Mm, it, that's because I wanted to make past the Sinclair for get two out of twenty. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> His hundredth goal, and it, it makes him the twenty ninth player in Celtic's history to have to have hit the hundred mark. Can you name all twenty? No. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine it. Not on this rid- already ridiculously long podcast. We sat here for four hours trying to name ancient players. <laughs> Sitting here to one in the morning. I- <laughs> very old <laughs> really really struggling now with that hey, John Collins <laughs> nope. uh, th- I think that that must be the first one since probably Hartson yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So, so good achievement had a hundredth goal and a first goal because Christopher Iyer got his and I'm yes. not tether, um, which I'm fairly sure he was trying to cut back for Sinclair who was coming in on I it I thought but, it was Sinclair's goal so I thought it was Sinclair's goal for the first goal for you Iyer got his first goal and it's his first goal at all since 2015 his best scoring season for start in Norway was where he scored eight, including one goal against Rosenborg. Well, that is a that and that ties us in wonderfully for what <laughs> we're going to have to talk about next, Stephen. Uh, the Europa League draw saw us draw uh, two teams named Red Bull and a team named the Rosenborg that we've played six times in two years. Um, that I mean, people, lots of people have mentioned it since it came out, but you know, Leipzig. Hmm. Where is that? Yeah, funnily enough, having just travelled in the last couple of weeks, I saw I started seeing flights from to Leipzig. I've still no idea where. Is it not just like a wee industrial town? I think it is. Aye. Will, but will Celtic get results, or will they be dancing in the streets of Red Bull? <laughs> <laughs> um, in all seriousness, it is a bit of a shambles. I, I, I don't know how it works, but there's basically two teams owned by the same guy. I think. Have they not, in the last season or so, tried to tidy up the yeah. the Leipzig thing? I, I think they've tried to sort of distance themselves from the Red Bull because of things like this. But well, it's, it, apparently Red Bull own Salzburg, hmm. right? And the guy who owns Red Bull owns Leipzig. Right, so okay. there's I, there's the difference over there. Rassen, but they have a Rassen Bull sport. Yeah, like, they have they have the same strip, the same badge, and all that. Um, what do you think of that? It's a good draw because it's it's tricky on the on the face of it enough to be interesting and not so difficult that you, you think oh god what a group of death it, it's quite an intriguing draw boring getting Rosenborg oh, yet again right so enough boring. but but the other two we know Salzburg from 2014 where they, they gubbed us at Celtic Park yeah. and then we drew two each I think it was yeah, away Scott Browning Scott Brown scored Wicastle, and that Wickasso scored an absolute <laughs> screamer that's right <laughs> R.I.P. Wickasso whatever you may be um, but yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to it that's, that's a couple of teams were not that familiar with, especially Leipzig, which will be a really tricky game. And unfortunately, Rosenborg yet again. Rosenborg are no mugs either. We've seen in recent and the last couple of seasons that Celtic are a better team than them. 
but there's not that much between the two teams. No. I wouldn't be writing them off as, as, as an easy six points by any means. It's not an easy six points, but I think that's the team we need to get the six points from because absolutely, I think we will struggle against the other two teams. Possibly a chance at Parkhead, but Leipzig's a really tough third, third place team mm. to get. Salzburg, don't forget, got to the semi-finals last year. I think they were mm, just beaten by right. Marseille. So uh, it is a tougher draw than maybe just having a glance at the team seems. But I mean, we we I mean we missed out in the Arsenal, the Chelsea, some of the the big guns, Seville. We missed out on them. Rangers yeah. have arguably got an even tougher draw. I think they've got Villarreal and Dynamo Moscow. I think yeah, that's that's reflected the ticket prices. If you are a hun, you are paying one hundred and fifteen pounds for your package. If you support Celtic, you're paying seventy pounds for your package. <laughs> so that's where they're getting the money for Steve, Stephen Gerrard's all conquering side from. For every seventy pounds, we will charge one hundred and fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> for every seventy pounds you spend, we will put charge. 115. Um, I it's a it's a decent enough it's a decent enough draw. It's just it's just I know it's silly, but there's just always that little little tinge of disappointment. Like, yeah. When you look at the Champions League draw, there's no team in there. You go, oh, look at that stadium. Or we'll be up against him. It's just a wee bit of. Uh... And uh, listen, Ike Athens got a draw that that to be honest, this is more of interest to me hmm. than the Ike Athens one because they got Bayern Munich again. Right. All the Celtic Benfica, teams, Benfica, Benfica and Ajax, you know that's. And I know that's not how it works. Celtic wouldn't necessarily have drawn the same thing, but just I had a look at the the pots and no one our luck with they get Liverpool in pot three. Imagine Salah, Mane, and Firmino up against their defence. Then Musa Dembele, who joins Lee Hon, gets another bite at the Manchester City cherry. He's mm. he's, he's he's in their group. So a, a tough. He's a dead tough... to me. I don't I don't care. Yeah, hey, we don't talk about him anymore. He's as dead as Tupac. Um, <laughs> That's a that's a group that we or is he? Oh, uh, is he? No, he's two yeah, he's definitely is. He's definitely absolutely dead. Um, that's a group we can qualify from. Absolutely, as, as far as the tough games, some but winnable games, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, and it's probably about our level. Uh, you I've, know, if we can go here and show we can compete, yes, th- that's important. I, I, I've said before, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world that we can have a decent run at Europa League. And looking at that draw and and other teams that are in it. The Europa League's no joke. It's a it's a good competition and it's a good testing ground for where Celtic are at just now. I think we're going to struggle against the two Red Bull teams, to be honest. I think they're both good teams. Maybe underestimate them a bit because they're not greats in Europe, but good teams with a lot of backing behind them. Mm. And we know Rosenberg will just try and keep it tight, won't we? So I, I expect all the games to be tough, to be honest. And I'm quite looking forward to that because in the Champions League, you don't really think you possibly we might get a result yeah. here or yeah. we're going to get scalped with these games it could go either way in all of them so it's, it's exciting it's a real challenge it is a challenge that's it it's a challenge it presents a challenge for us and it was probably going to be a challenge for you Stephen editing this podcast <laughs> into something somewhat listenable yeah. for the listeners um, we'll cover all those games nearer the time but this is just a sort of yeah, yeah. are, are we, are we to the, yeah. a glance to the future anything else any other business Sean Maloney. Sean Maloney. Nice wee job for him. Aye, uh, we interviewed Sean uh, a wee while ago and he, he did speak in glowing terms about Roberto Martinez. He said he was one of his biggest influences, so he's offered him a job to be a coach for the, the Belgian national team. But a lot of talk about Thierry Henry getting his own job. I don't know if he has by now, though, but it's been kind of uh, speculation. Not back, uh, did I, right. I thought Maloney was a replacement, but he's not. He's just in... I see. Well, there's there's been a reshape at Belgium, regardless, because Thierry Henry has been talking about sort of taking on his own club at at various points. So, 
Yeah, good luck to him. He's still at Celtic, though, is that right? Or, I, I, it was never clarified, yeah. yeah. It might still be at Celtic because I don't he, think... He could do both jobs. Could yeah. He? Right, he could, you, could, you, could do, you could do both jobs. I mean, the talent he'll be working with out there is absolutely phenomenal. Belgium, like, definitely. If, and all the better for Celtic if he's out there working with these players and coming back and, and passing it on to the, the level he's tri- he's coaching at, then, yeah, all, all for it. International week next week. The Scotland oh. squad was announced. Don't care. Um, <laughs> we have Patreon available if, if that interests you. We do extra podcasts and bits and bobs for, for people. You can check that out. If Pete. you're desperate to hear more of that if you, <laughs> transfer deadline hey, waffling. <laughs> that was a good podcast. Yeah, I, I, I actually enjoyed, thoroughly enjoyed that one. We've um, got we'll stuff coming up. I mean, myself and Melly are going to do one of our sort of fantasy uh, podcast updates. In the yeah, next you do the English here. Premier League podcast. We've got that and various other bits and bobs you can check it out at patreon.com slash 20 minute tims um, do you have Spotify because we're on Spotify now I, I don't know if that floats your boat but you can you can listen to us on Spotify you can listen to us on everything on Android on iTunes uh, and what else we want tune in tune in radio yeah we're on tune in radio as well um, and on that this, is a, this has been a monster monster podcast um, thanks very much for listening the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.